0: This is the Michael Wall show. Michael is a speaker, author, and founder and CEO of several companies. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall.
1: All right, welcome into a brand new show. We are joined with a special guest this show, Dr. Craig Damic. He helped me out with this pronunciation i appreciate that greg got it man comic it sounds like so that way as you're looking for it's like who is this guy you can remember if you notice like a little bit of something in the voice i apologize i was out last week i was in vegas on business uh, mostly the waste management open which was quite exciting but then uh, now we've got super bowl eve and all that and we're recording this the day after so if you're listening to this you know what we're talking about well i wanted to take a few moments in this show and talk specifically about leadership. You know, This is something that I think necessary. Uh, Dr. Craig says, which I like, he says, if you can't lead yourself, you can't effectively lead others. And I know many of you have been listening to this show for some time now. We appreciate you listeners from all over the world. Many of you have shared your thoughts and comments via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the show. If you have not yet, We would love your input and feedback as to what you love hearing. Most of you know we do a motivational segment typically every week. And then we also do a guest segment every week. We've had rock stars to business owners to media, even folks like Dr. Craig talking about leadership today. So a lot of great content, all designed to help you live on purpose, live with purpose. And we have to press pause real quick as well and give a little shout out to Wall Companies, which is Wall Private Wealth, Wall... Wealth Management and Wall Lehman, all companies designed to help families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. Obviously, they are the sponsors of the show and uh, a little self-serving My other companies as well. Been able to help families for about 18 years there. So let's talk with Dr. Craig about leadership. And I love that. And I think that's a great way to lead in. So you talk about if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. How did you get into this whole, you know, realm of leadership. How, that, how did that happen for you?
0: Well, uh, if I wrote my autobiography, <laughs> or when I do, it would be called Surprised by Leadership. I was just moseying along as a, an adolescent, going to middle school, and the woman who was the student council advisor, who also happened to be my history teacher, she ah, said, convenient. I'd like you to consider running for student council president. I did. I, I, I had a lot of self-doubt, but I did and uh, was elected. Yep. And First time. First time. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember riding. I can tell you exactly where I was oh. riding on Fairlawn Avenue in South Euclid, Ohio. And I said, hey, somebody thinks I'm a leader mm. because I didn't. And uh, that has been the story of my life, even as I moved up in organizations. Um, I have always been surprised when somebody said, hey, I'd like you to take this additional responsibility. And so, in order to do that, I had to figure out how this thing worked. And so, I've been a student of leadership for 50 years and came to the conclusion that the uh, foundational principle is what you just mentioned, is, uh, is self-leadership. Mm. Uh, Because if you can't lead yourself, how can you lead others? Yeah. And so many other, so many, the to do, when it really starts with the to be, who you are. Yeah. And uh, that is the foundation. That is what gives you the credibility and things like that. So that's uh, my starting point. That led you into it. Yes. And one thing I thought was interesting is in an initial stage,
1: and this is important for you as you're listening out there, someone saw uh, something more in in Craig at the time than he saw in himself. Uh, And I want to pause on that two-sided. One is the importance you hear me always talking about on the show about doing something for someone else that can do nothing in return from you. In other words, always look for ways to add value to other people. Excellent. It's so important because you know that gave you the encouragement and the confidence to step up and do that. And now you're in a place where you fast forward, you're all the way now living in the Palm Beach area and the dean of the uh, Catherine T. MacArthur School of Leadership there at Palm Beach. And tell us a little bit about that. So you're working with uh, kind of professionals. I, I was incorrect initially. I thought it was students, but it's actually professionals that you're working with that maybe have a little bit of college that are coming in to kind of finish or kind of take the next step. What does that look like?
0: Right. The, the Palm Beach Atlantic University was initially started focused on the traditional 18 to 22 year olds. But now almost half of our students are what we call graduate evening and online and uh, 1900 out of the 3900. And that is the fastest growing segment, actually, in in higher education is the adult learner.
1: And are these people coming back that have not finished or these people coming back
0: that have finished and just want to go a different direction in life? Both. Primarily, it's uh, those who are coming back to maybe they had some college right out of high school and then it just didn't work with the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And so they're coming back to complete their bachelor's or some are coming back to Uh, get their master's in leadership, Uh which is a real differentiator, to take their leadership to the next level. Because as John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And so whether they are working for the city or they're working for a Fortune 500 company, they want to get better at their leadership.
1: You know, Zig Ziglar was kind of my first, we'll call it mentor, right? Oh, great. Sold books door to door in the summertime. Did that for three years when I was in college. And, you know, it just made me think when you said that about people coming back that are, let's say, 35, 40, 30, whatever it may be. Yeah. And you got people coming back. And I want to encourage you as you're out there listening to this, say, wait a minute, you know, I've kind of always, am I doing the right thing? Maybe I want to change. I want to go somewhere else, et cetera. And I remember there was a story that Zig shared one time and and he talked about there was a lady that was, now this is a little bit older, she was saying she was 40 years old. And Mm -hmm. she wanted to go and do something, uh, but she knew it would require a degree. And she said, if I go and do that, you know, and I get a degree, I'm going to be 44, 45 years old when I'm done. And I'll be too old. You know, and his response was, well, how old will you be if you don't go back to college and get your degree? You know, In other words, you're still going to live life anyways. And uh, making sure that you can make those transitions and turns along the way are important. Tell us a little bit about, you talk about the MVP of leadership, that's kind of a pillar that you use, uh, Dr. Craig, in your teaching in the school. What does that look like? What is the definition of it? And why is that so impactful?
0: The foundational point of leadership is the self-leadership. Uh-huh. And so I have distilled it down to four things, and I'm going to add another one for you here today, and I call it the MVP of self-leadership. Okay. And you'll love the first one because it's mission, Yeah. it's purpose, uh-huh. like you say, uh-huh. because... Uh, uh, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Right. And so you need to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I do is help people know what their um, what their mission is, what their purpose is. And then the second is the values. That's the and uh, what I like to do is talk about three dimensional leadership: mm. the head, the heart, and the hands. Mm-hmm. The head part is where am I going? My mission the heart part of my values. How am I going to do it? What's important to me? And then the the P is priorities. Mm. In light of my mission, in light of my values, what are my priorities Mm. to be? Because too often people figure out or they pursue how to, as I mentioned before, doing leadership. But if you don't clarify the first two, there's going to be these incongruities and you're not going to be the most effective. Mm, uh-huh. And so, um, in priorities, how do you decide what you're going to do or not do? Uh-huh. You know, I heard uh, Jim Collins, a you know, uh-huh. good to great author, uh-huh. he said the CEOs that he works with, they don't have to do lists, they have not to do right. lists. Right. Unplugging, yeah. Yes. Getting rid of, sure. And um, in fact, uh, I have an article here <coughs> yeah. for you, Michael, that I'll leave for you. Uh, written by a guy named uh, Morton Hansen. It came out a year ago. He, he wrote the book and it's called How to Succeed at Business, Do Less. What he, he has found is the most effective leaders are those who do very few things, mm-hmm. but they do them wholeheartedly and they're consistent with their mission and uh, their values. Yeah. For example, you asked me uh, when uh, we're, we're involved in a youth leadership thing yep. together that your son's going through that I'm leading. <laughs> Which has been terrific, by the yes. way. Yes, and, uh, and so you asked me initially to come in and talk about adolescent leadership mm-hmm. and how to do that. And you know, and I had to think about that, and I said, you know, that's not my strength. Yeah, uh, What my strength is would be in the realm of self-leadership. So yeah. we didn't do that, and then you asked me to do this. And so it told me, because of what I know about how I am wired and mm-hmm. where I'm going to be able to make my best investment, I knew what to say no to, and then I knew what to say yes to, yeah, and it's so the it's the power of focus. so it, that's one of the things I try and help people to do is identify their focus,
1: you know, I think that's a big part, Craig, when you take a look at life in general, because we get so busy, you can find even with social media today, just as a small example, many, many people are listening to this show. Because of smartphones, right? So they're listening via Bluetooth on their podcast all over the world. I mean, it's amazing what technology's done. That's right. But it's also amazing what technology's destroyed. You know, it's destroyed relationships. It's destroyed focus. It's destroyed... You know, really the will to go out and and achieve because they have that sense of busyness currently. You know, I remember there is an acronym, and I'm going to get spiritual here for a minute, but there's a group called Life Action, and we're very involved with them and uh, in Revival Group. But there's an acronym called for for busy called Being Under Satan's Yoke. And it's the idea of being in a situation where the goal is misdirection continually. Truth is Mm -hmm. obtuse. I mean, a two plus two is four, right? It's not complicated. And, and that's why John fourteen six is pretty simple too, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, in the world, a lot of times people get so ingrained with the day-to-day noise that they need to realize just what you said, that they need to get rid of some things. That's right. So would you suggest a process of getting rid of some things in your life to help you become more efficient? What's your thought? I've done lots of that, but as you see students coming in, people coming in, you
0: say, wow, huh, we got to start to unpack this. Well, again, clarifying your broad mission, and your values, what's important to you. And then something that I got from Stephen Covey that's coming mm. to my mind here uh-huh. is he has, uh, I heard him once, and he said, uh, put together a, a, a role sheet, a role, L-O-E-S. Uh-huh. What roles do you have in your life? And that helps you identify what are the areas that you need to focus on. You uh-huh. know, so like mine has God follower, dean, a financial steward, and then I look, and on Monday I get together. I, I have this sheet, this one-page sheet that I'd be happy to send out to uh, uh, others through you. And, then, uh, and I look at my to-do list, and I said, if it doesn't fit in any of these things, I'm going to find somebody else to do it or just not focus on it. Another thing I do is I have a, uh, each day I have a card, like a 3 by 5 card, and I say, in light of my mission and values today, what are my top three priorities? And uh, in the morning, in my uh, reflection time, I say, if there's only one thing I get done today, what's that going to be? Do it in three. Yeah. And you know what, Michael? Mm. I find out that I get those things done very fulfilled, and I get a whole lot more. One uh, seminary professor said, uh, the Apostle Paul said, he said, "This one thing I do, not these forty things I dabble in." Yeah. And that—that's the problem. And so that's why we need the. The power of focus and better to just do three things and do them well uh, and do what's most important uh-huh. than to be uh, doing all these things and that uh, if, if you got another minute I'll yeah no little, it's, it's crucial yeah coaching here you yeah. mentioned social media um, prior to working at Palm Beach Atlantic I was working at Rollins College okay. in Orlando yeah I was the director of the full-time MBA programs there and one day I came in and I realized that I had come in turned on my computer and spent an hour and a half on my email <laughs> and then got to everything else. And I said, wait a second. Am I running yeah. myself or is my email running mm, myself? Uh-huh. And along came a book called Never Check Your Email Before Noon. Uh-huh. And uh, that was her point. Uh-huh. And so now my practice is not to get on my email till 11 and then again at 3.30. I keep my <clears throat> notifications turned off uh-huh. because every time they come on... yeah. It uh, breaks your concentration. Thought process. Exactly. Yeah. And so you're in It takes addition. you five
1: to eight minutes right. to get back into the game yeah. mentally. Yeah. And
0: actually, one thing I do that I've just started doing fairly recently is I turn my wireless off after I've downloaded the email, not mm-hmm. update, I, uh, I turn it wireless off. So nothing more comes in yeah. while I'm working. Spend, but here's what I do. I, that's all I do for an hour. And then I turn the wireless on, send it all, shut it down, and then pull it up again. Well, it's scheduled exactly
1: is what it is you yeah, know and it's focused it's it's exactly right and I remember uh you know we implemented some strategy in the past in the idea in, in business of sprint and recover and I was involved with mm. <clears throat> you know Darren Hardy a while back with success magazine and things like that and and one of the things that we talked about is the whole idea of sprint and recover and you know why that's so crucial as far as scheduling, because a lot of people, I remember when I, fir- I met my first assistant that we hired, at least at the Florida office down here, and she said to me, I-, I, have, I don't know how you get so much stuff done. And I said, well, one of the main reasons is focus. And that focus, to kind of elaborate a little bit on your point, is that whole sprint and recover idea. And when you think about it, when you think about an athlete, right? So we all have seen professional athletes, you know, we just talked about the Super Bowl. Here's Tom Brady. He's got six rings now. And doing a great, great job. Belichick, probably one of the best coaches of all time, Uh, but extreme focus. You know, a lot of people don't know that Tom Tom Brady, I mean, his bedtime typically is like 830, right? Where most people are hanging out at night thinking about how they can just have one more glass of wine and get in one more Netflix show before they go to bed, before they wake up the next day. And it's like, time out. Is that going to make you the most efficient, efficient the next day? So this whole sprint and recover idea is, if you think about a professional athlete, right? Let's just say an Olympic runner, as an example, Well, they're not going to just run, 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 run to train. They're not going to do that. They're going to run. They're going to sprint. And then they're going to recover. They're going to eat healthy. They're going to let their body heal. They're going to do workouts. They're going to do other things. And they're going to sprint again. So it's the idea in business. You know, you set your little time clock for 90 minutes. You say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus only on this task. Kind of like what you're saying for the next 90 minutes, period. Sign on your door. If you're a C-level executive, I'm not available. I'm not here don't ask me for anything, Good. and all that stuff. And great. that's exactly what you're saying, and I love that. And you've seen that. Now, let me ask you this question. We, uh,
0: by the way, I love that Sprint and Recover. Hmm. I, uh, I've yeah. heard something today. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> oh, great. Thank you for adding value, Yeah, me. absolutely. Let me ask you this question in relation to, we have just about two minutes left, but in relation to the students that come in, do you see them wholeheartedly just, we'll, we'll say, buying into this philosophy, or is it like, a lot of them, you kind of, kind of hit them over the head, or they have to experience things and say, okay, yeah, no, I, I get it now.
0: No, um, thank you for asking that, Michael. Uh, for I've been working with college students for, if you include my own college career, almost fifty years. Uh huh. And the first twenty-five were with the traditional eighteen to twenty-two year olds, and then the, since uh, two thousand, been working with um, working professionals, and I actually find them as a more stimulating. Hmm. Uh, group because they're probably paying their way, uh-huh. not mom and dad. Right, They're there because they want to, not because this is what you do in America after you go to uh, high right. school, you go into college. Yep, And they know what they want to find out. Mm. In other words, that's a little bit more focused. They have more direction. And so they are hungry. Mm-hmm. Plus, they bring a very robust experience to the classroom. Mm. And so actually... While uh, my experience with the 18 to 22 year olds, they, that that is formative for them, but for our students, the working professional, it's transformative, oh, uh-huh. and so they are very. Uh, they know they've lived long enough to know that they haven't been leading themselves, yeah. and so they they love having some um, focus in that way. And another thing that I tr- we try and do is help them identify their strengths. Uh-huh. And then focus on those uh-huh. because that's where you're going to be most effective and most successful.
1: Well, and I think that's crucial because, and we'll we'll wrap with this thought. Uh, but, but you know, it, it's something where a lot of times in colleges and schools today, or, or not colleges, you know, when you're growing up, let me say it that way your your formative years. You know, you hear a lot about, or at least I did. You know about the idea. Well, you are not really doing so well over here. Now you have to learn the basics. Let's let's start there. But not doing so well over here, you better really work on that to bring those grades up to be okay. It's like, wait a minute, you know, in that old old thinking of, listen, life's too short to focus on your weaknesses. You've been given strengths for a reason. Find other people, the other whos, right, in your life that can fulfill the strengths that you don't have. And you accomplish way more because you're, you're operating in your strength. It's the whole picture of the body. Yeah. Right. We can't just like, you know, the Bible talks about. But I mean, just just physically, if you think about it, you can't expect your finger to do what your nose does. They're designed completely differently. And as much as the finger works at it, it's never going to become a nose. So yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it's saying, wait a minute, time out. What strengths and abilities will I have? And that's what you're teaching folks. Well, yeah. Dr. Craig uh, Dominic, we're talking to today. He is the dean of... The Kathy T. MacArthur School of Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Uh, We talked earlier, if you've ever heard of Downton Abbey before, great show, by the way. Um, That is, you'll see, sponsored by the MacArthur Foundation, and that's who founded uh, this school of leadership as well. If folks are listening to this and they want to learn more about your school, uh, information about how to connect and dial in, whether it's online or on campus, where do they go?
0: Um, Well, the university's website is pba.edu. Okay. And if you'd like to email me, it's Craig, C-R-A-I-G, underscore Domek, D-O-M-E-C-K, at P-B-A dot E-D-U.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, thank you for inviting me.
1: A lot of fun. And uh, as you're listening to this, you're saying, you know what, I want to get some more information on leadership. I want to get some more motivation. I want to get some more life application thoughts and ideas that I can implement in my life. Just dial into previous shows on the Michael Wall Show. There's We got, I think, over 130, almost 140 in the can. Uh, A lot of shows on life motivation, application, things that I've learned, other successful people that we've connected with over the years in business that you're going to be able to listen to and get quality chunks of information that you can literally apply to your life. Because remember, it's all about living on purpose so we can live with purpose. And I'm going to leave you with one additional bonus thought this show. And that is something that I really love from Dennis Waitley. He once said, my goal in life is to plant shade trees under which I will never sit. We've adopted that as our philosophy. I want to challenge you to do the same. Let's all go change the world one day, one life at a time. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next show.